What is up, Internet? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast episode 30, 35 or 34? 34. Let's just say 34. Oh. Editor's note, it is episode 35, people. Randy did not get that right. All right, Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Randy King Live Debate Podcast. So, I'm really excited for this episode. It should have been out a couple weeks ago. This is try number three for us to get together and do this, uh, but we've we've accomplished it. So, I have my guest, Cynthia, on the show today. Say hi, Cynthia. Howdy, howdy. Uh, so, as everybody knows, if you've been a part of the show before, we do a little quick intro before it, but... Maybe you have no idea who I am and you know who Cynthia is. So, and she shared this and you're, you're a big fan of hers, but you're like, who's Randy? Doesn't matter. I need you to understand how this podcast works. So this is a debate based podcast, not a argument or uh, opinion based podcast where we choose a topic ahead of time. And then uh, we decide what side of the argument we're going to take. So this topic that came up is actually really interesting. And I said to Cynthia before the show that uh, when she first pitched it, I was like, that's not a good topic. And then she structured her debate. And I was like, oh, that's a really, really good topic. So I'm really excited to do this because I never thought of this one. So this suggestion is great. Now, uh, for the listeners out there, how it works is I always take the devil's advocate position of whatever topic comes up. So if uh, even if I believe fully in what the topic is, and even, I will debate the opposite side just to keep the conversation going. And the point of the show is to show that people can have disagreements, we can have debates, we can have critical thinking and thought-provoking talks, and still be friends by the end of the show. So I was very lucky to meet Cynthia at one of the Violence Dynamics. And I've been following a bunch of her stuff, which she'll promote in a, in a little while. Um, and she's doing a lot of great things in the community. So I was very happy to have her here. And uh, again, the topic is really interesting. So before we get going, let's go over the rules of the show. The rules of the show are very simple. So rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. So all that means is we're going to get into the debate. We might get a little heated, who knows, but we're going to get into the debate. And by the end of the show, we're going to make sure we don't leave like, I'm never talking to Cynthia again, blah, 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 blah. Because again, that's the point of this is so we can show that... Yeah, we'll be the conversations are very, very important. The next thing is I sent ahead of time a list of logic fallacies. Um, I actually just reviewed them today and the link isn't very good anymore. So I have to remake it. But I sent ahead a, a list of logic fallacies. Um, those fallacies we've agreed upon not to use ideally in the show. Uh, if you want to know what those logic fallacies are, feel free to jump on episode one where I walk through each logic fallacy kind of simply. The explanation uh, episode needs to be updated because I have a better understanding of them now, but uh, that's good enough for you to understand what we're doing. If one of us is caught in the logic fallacy, and the reason why we use this is so we don't get off into opinion, and also the fallacies that were chosen help to continue the conversation. So all the logic fallacies that were chosen were informal fallacies. They're not formal fallacies. So I had some people who are debaters be like, just so you know, those are informal fallacies. So if that makes difference to you listeners, we're only using informal fallacies, not formal fallacies. Because now that I'm in this debate world, people are getting uh, – it's, it's interesting what this has opened up. But – uh, we'll talk more about that later on. Uh, the, so we have the uh, start as friends, leave as friends. We have the fallacies. If one of us is caught in the logic fallacy then and they're called on it, the protocol is we take a deep breath and we refer to the great Rory Miller's wisdom for the book and course Conflict Communication. We take a deep breath. We give an actual apology. Hey, I'm sorry I used that circular argument fallacy. And then we secede our turn to the other person. I like to toss a compliment out every so often because it's just better and keeps me grounded in it. Um, 
if you, the listener, catch us in a logic fallacy that we didn't catch, because again, we're in a debate, right? This is verbal sparring, so we're not always paying attention to debates and to the to the rules of the show so much. Our job is to try and get our point across, and again, just our point, not our opinion or feelings. So if you catch us in a, in a logic fallacy, you tell me where it occurred in the show, and I will, if I agree and I can't debate my way out of it, I will promote whatever you want me to promote on my channel. So you'll get access to all of my listeners and subscribers and followers, whatever term is used per social media. You can get access to all of them and I'll promote whatever you want me to do, whether it's your fit tea, whether it's your class, whether it's your dog's birthday. I don't care. I am I'm your servant. Because if you're paying attention and you're a fan of the show, I like to give back. So that's the explanation for the show. Cynthia, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? All righty. Well, I am like you in that I teach self-defense. I teach people how to tap into their personal power, their courage, and their natural skills so they can keep themselves and their loved ones safe. And I think also a lot like you, I have spent many years in the martial arts world. I hold a fourth degree black belt in mixed martial arts. And don't really teach much of that at all, because all <laughs> that I work on now is very much real-world scenario-based training. Awesome. And uh, so I do that through live events, and I have a couple of online programs coming out within the next couple of months. And a whole bunch of other stuff cooking. Plus, I also have a podcast, the Born to Be a Badass podcast, that is about women and violence and safety. Awesome. And I highly recommend listening to it. There's a bunch of, um, all the guests are amazing. So many amazing guests on that show. And I love that the focus is on women. That's a really, really good, really, really cool thing that needs to be heard in this world. So the topic that we've decided, by, well, uh, listeners, if again, we will promote all of this, we're to find at the end of the show. So you have to listen to the whole thing to get all the goodness of her podcasts. So the, the, the topic we decided on was, and this is kind of what threw me for a loop, is saying, I hope you never have to use this a good thing when it comes to self-defense training. So if you like me, you're like, uh, of course, uh, just wait. She has some amazing points on this. So what side of the debate are you taking, Cynthia? I am taking the side that it is not actually such a great thing to say if you are teaching people how to be safe. Awesome. And I will take the devil's advocate side and the side I believed until our communication before this point. <laughs> um, I think it is a good thing to say, and, I, and we'll talk about that in the show. So... Uh, how the show works, we have a 20-minute debate. Uh, Cynthia gets to give her opening statement when Randy remembers to load the clock up on his phone, and he's not jet-lagged, so here we go. We're good to go now. Uh, <laughs> Cynthia, you have up to four minutes to set the stage for this. When you are ready, go. Okay. Well, pretty much every self-defense instructor I have run across has trotted that statement out at some point or another. And it often comes out as, well, this is a difficult industry to be in. This is a really hard thing to market because it's one of the few fields, if not the only field, where we really don't want people to have to use what we teach them. And up until a few months ago, I just was like, yeah, of course, that makes a lot of sense. And then this little Tweety Bird in my head started chirping at me, and, and I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense if what you're talking about is fighting to not get kidnapped or raped or murdered. But it's not such a good message if you're teaching a complete or a comprehensive self-defense system, an approach that starts with how to detect and avoid danger and recognize threats, how to prevent being in bad situations in the first place, uh, how to navigate out of potentially 
dangerous situations that might go into violence, as well as just teaching the physical part. So if you're teaching all of those other things, then you actually want your students to be doing that. You want them to be using it every day. You just hope that they don't get to the point where they have to use the fighting skills. And in fact, most of them already are using a lot of those skills anyway, even if they have no training whatsoever. They're already listening to their instincts and intuition if they get a bad feeling about a situation or a person. Uh, they're already developing communication skills on how to deal with conflict. So, I mean, they, in a way, don't even need us for some of this stuff, but we're filling in the gaps and we're enhancing their skills. And those are the things that we want them to be using day in, day out in pretty much every situation that they're in. So that's where I landed after I started thinking about it is that it's a great thing to say if all you want to talk about is the physical. But if you're talking about the mental, emotional, psychological aspects, then it really doesn't make any sense. Awesome. So I have the opposite side of this. And like I said, as I said to be the show, everybody, that's a really great point. But the point of the game is I got to be devil's advocate. So um, I'm writing down some things for final thoughts. The When it comes to this, I understand the premise of where these people are coming from. And I think it shows a genuine, heartfelt thing that they are teaching a skill set they believe is necessary, but they don't want people to use. When you say a holistic uh, a view of self-defense, I, I completely agree that if the person is teaching a holistic view of this, um, there are skills that, that, that need to be used every day. But I'm going to go back to what you said in the students actually don't need us for a lot of this stuff. And so when people are saying it, when they're teaching the course, I think it's used primarily as a way to say, like, we're covering some really dark stuff. We're doing some really harsh things, even outside of the physical world. We're doing it like we're talking about, like, we just, I just did a health, uh, seminar in Halifax. I think I used the word rape like 80 times in two days. Like, it was, it's an insane, it's a very dark situation to be in. So I think that people should still say it because it gives the proper reverence to the topic that we're covering and even when it comes to soft skills uh even when it comes to soft skills you don't really want them always using these skills like if, if they live a safe life in a safe place they shouldn't need to have this like paranoia self-detection thing on so i would still argue that it's good to say it cynthia <laughs> okay yeah i get that and i also thought about that and one of the things that i think about the using the language of rape and talking sort of you use the words reverence yeah. for like the dark side yeah and for me that's just another way to sort of fear monger and sure. to to talk to people from a fear-based perspective and in fact i find that that is something that keeps people from even wanting to come in and learn anything is because they don't want to go to that dark side and they don't want to be terrified and so if you actually want to lead them there and give them skills to live there it's really cool if you can lead them to that place through some of the less terrifying territory so that was one of my thoughts sure um, I, I'll I, let, dis I'll I disagree i disagree i think that by saying I, I i disagree with actually all of that which is strange so uh and for the <laughs> debate for the debate so i disagree with that because 
Uh, I think opposite. I think if you say, I hope you use this skill, that is showing that you're going to have to use the skill. That's actually the fear-mongering side. I think the people, they say it, so they do the anti-side of this, right? So I would say, if I was the person saying, I really hope you never have to use this, or realistically, you're probably never going to have to use this, which is a different saying, so don't let me get too far off base here. But I'm saying that in order to minimize the fear market, to show them the paranoia levels, I'm saying this because I truly hope you'll never have to do this, which means there shouldn't be a level of fear that's coming with the training and i think that is a different lens to view the world in i think that's mm -hmm. a very masculine lens and okay. a lot of men that i have worked with have that lens also and it is dominated by sort of the fight metaphor sure. but if you're if you're working primarily with women the yeah. truth is that well a couple things one is the physical element is something that is something they have to think about because they're not they're not going out picking fights with people most mm -hmm. of the time and it's not random strangers who are going to ambush them from the bushes it's usually somebody that they know or have a relationship with mm -hmm. and it doesn't usually start physical it usually starts with an argument or it starts with a some sort of a connection that grows over time into something not good Mm -hmm. So if you can give them the skills to recognize early on in the path of that relationship that things are heading down a bad path and use those skills then, then they don't end up having to use the other skills to really fight for the extreme. Right. So I don't know if it's a masculine angle. I can see why you would say that. Uh, but I don't I, – I, so it's – I feel like right now, and I know you're not doing this on purpose, but I'm going to point it out. It sounds like you're a little bit talking about both sides of your mouth by accident. So what I mean by that is you said you don't want to be fear-mongering, and then the next statement you said was, well, that's a thing that men have to deal with. Women are most likely going to be attacked by somebody they know. So wh which side are you taking here? Are you taking that? It's it's not. It's So I'm saying, I'm saying this, so we really truly hope you're never going to have to use it. And then you stated that was a masculine side of things, and then you went over the theme, which they are all true. Everything you said was truthful. But you got to pick a side. What side is this? Is it this is these these are the rules that's going to happen. You're going to need to use this, but there's still fear in it, or is it you're not fear-mongering? Where are we here? I, I don't think that it's fear-mongering to sure. recognize that most women are going to have to deal with obnoxious people, usually obnoxious men mm -hmm. in their lives. Sure. And so I think what is fear mongering is just teaching them or orienting what you're teaching them towards being raped or kidnapped or murdered. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a great book out. I think you even know the woman that wrote it called Creepology, which was yes. just a mind blowingly good book because it talks about the social interactions of men being creeps. Yes. And I got to tell you, you talk to any woman on the planet, she's going to know exactly what that's like. Yeah, that book is gold. Where, it's wonderful. It's yeah, so good. It's great. But where do you learn those skills? Yeah. And would you be learning those skills if the framework were focused on the physical and if it was, well, I hope you never use this. Because pretty much, I mean, go talk to any woman. They're going to tell you that they've had to deal with creeps and obnoxious people. Right. So it's not really fear-mongering. It's just recognizing reality. Sure. for most women on the planet okay but it's like saying so it's if you say so i'm saying you hope you never use because i don't want you to use it's like saying i hope you don't die when you leave everybody's gonna die i'm not hoping that doesn't happen so isn't saying like well women are gonna run into this it's it's like so 
when they're using the skill set, it's still in an awkward situation. So I still truly believe if I say, I don't truly believe, uh, but for, for the passion of my debate, I still believe for the debate that me saying, I don't want you just means I don't want you to run into creepy people. I don't want you to have to ever even do this stuff because that's bad. It's like, again, same. it's like the death analogy, whether that's false or not, but it's, it's the same thing, right? Like, you know it's going to happen, but I still wish it wouldn't, and I still really hope you wouldn't have to use these skills, but here they are. Well, if wishes were horses, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, we all wish things, but we all also have to live in reality. I agree, and, but the debate is, is it, saying a, is it saying it a good thing or a bad thing? I don't think it's bad if I right. truly, really hope you don't run into creepy men, and I truly, really hope you don't have to use this stuff. I think it's a it's an and not a not a or. Okay. Go on. I I hope that people don't have to use those fight for your life skills. I hope that they use the how to live your life skills. Mm -hmm. And those are the skills. This is where what you learn in a self-defense course can actually transfer over into other parts of life. For example, if you're teaching them how to navigate through fear. Yes, that has a self-defense application. It's an essential, an essential part of it. And it also translates into any other part of your life where you get anxious, nervous, doubtful, scared. You know, you want to ask somebody out for a date. You want to apply for a new job. Or um, like me, when I moved to Coyoteville, I was like, holy shit, I have to drive through a creek to get to my house. Uh, so having the skills that you learn in the self-defense world that also translate into other parts of life is awesome. So again, I would never say, I hope you never use these. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the gravy, not the meal, the self-defense course. That's collateral. That's separate stuff from mm -hmm. the course itself, right? It's bonus. It's not the, the point that you didn't, they didn't come to your course to learn how to cross ravine. They came to your course to not get in trouble for self-defense. So while adjacent benefits apply. I don't think they apply to this conversation because while I agree with you and I can't, and it's the hardest part of the show, I usually agree with the opposite side. It drives me crazy and I can't wait for final thoughts already. I keep looking at the clock because I want to scream and agree, but I can't. So, but I think we can't look at the adjacent things. We can't be like, okay, so, so if I put you on a, if you go to the doctor because you have a heart condition and you get put on a diet so your heart doesn't explode, but you also lose weight, that's great, but that's not why you're putting the diet. You're putting the diet for the heart condition. So same thing with the self-defense course. You're coming to the self-defense course. While there are auxiliary benefits, I agree, and that's the whole point of this, and that's my favorite part of the holistic approach to this, that's not why they went. So I still think, because, again, the debate is the, the saying, I still think the saying is not disingenuous in that I don't – like, yeah, you might bump into this stuff, but, God, I hope you don't. I am going to disagree with you that this stuff is sort of auxiliary or the gravy. Mm -hmm. I I don't – think that most women, and, and this is who I'm primarily working with, I sure. think men may be motivated differently. Yeah, most oh, women yeah. don't go to a self-defense class just to learn how to fight. In fact, if that's all there is, there are very few women that will actually go do it. They do learn, they do want to go and learn how to be safe. And so those skills of how to recognize threats and how to listen to the bad feeling. I mean, that that applies if you're in business, if, if you're in a relationship, if you're driving your car on the road. Mm -hmm. So those skills are not just self-defense in a fighting mode. They're, right. they're how do you keep yourself safe in your life mode? Sure. Same thing as uh, like understanding how the brain works and understanding how communication works. Those are not 
like just trivial extra bits for self-defense. Those are like essential components, Sure. at least in the self-defense that I think is most value valuable. So yeah. I wouldn't treat them as just being sort of ancillary add-ons that aren't really part of the meal. I think they are the meal. So I, I agree. You would think that, but I don't think that's people sign up for that class. And you keep going back to this physical thing. I've never once mentioned that. There's a, I'm talking about the physical fight. You just keep bringing it up that I am, but I haven't mentioned it one time. So uh, while I agree with you, I still think that the people are coming to the course. That if you're pitching as a self-defense course, not a life shop coach, not a whatever course, it's a self-defense course. They're, they're coming to learn how to do some physical stuff. And while it's not the whole thing, I think – the, the soft skill stuff is there. But again, I keep, I, and I'm kind of in a circular logic place and I keep making the same point over and over again, but I don't think it's been refuted yet, which is, I still hope they don't have to. Like it, it's not, there's no, there's no nefariousness or, or menace of me saying, I really hope that you don't run into somebody horrible. I really hope that you don't uh, go there. And so teaching these skills is important and self-defense is, is a, as a whole, all these things. And we both agree with that. That's why we, that's why we're friends. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I think, I think that in this situation, it's not bad. Like, and that's, that's the debate we're having. Is it bad for somebody to say it's not bad. It's not bad. If I say, I really hope like the rest of your life, you never run into another creepy person or have to scale down or have to take down a drunk uncle or whatever. I really purely hope that doesn't happen. But again, it does, right. If wishes were whatever, like you said, but me saying that doesn't mean I'm being, it's bad or I'm being disingenuous. Well, I guess I have a question for you. If you were going to go to a class yeah. and the instructor said, hey, I have this fabulous course. It, I got all this wonderful stuff. You'll learn all these skills. You'll get all this practice. And I really hope that you never use what you learn. Yeah. I think, I don't know. My question is, would you go to that class? Because I have had a lot of people talk to me about that and they're like, well, why would I waste my time and my money on something that I'm, that you, like, I'm not ever going to use that I hope I never have to use. And like, if I, you hope I never have to use it, yeah. then maybe it's not that valuable. Maybe it's not that important. And I can wait till later in life or I can do it later, or there's other things that I can do right now that I will use. Mm -hmm. I disagree. I think that's the entire premise of med school. No doctor wants people to get sick. They hope they never have to use it, but they might have to. So are you? I wouldn't agree. I'd say that that's the military. People join the military hoping they don't have to kill people, but they might have to, right? Like it's. I don't think it's useless. I think there's a lot of things can have a parallel to that situation or that kind of course. So absolutely, I would take a course on something that may happen, but I would never use. And I would, while I sure, I'm, I agree. I'm not gonna. I can't quote or unquote your sample size. Tons of people take courses and things they're never going to use ever all the time. <laughs> like all the time. Like a lot of people take acting courses who are never going to act. A lot of people take um, courses on first aid that may never have to use first aid. So I don't think that's valid, to be honest. Okay. I think that what it really depends on is how you frame the conversation. And sure. again, if you look out into the world, the percentage of incidents of dangerous aggression versus low level or sort of mid-range violence mm -hmm. like there's there's far more low oh, level yes. and mid-range violence than there is like actual dangerous aggression yeah. and if if you're saying i hope you never use what i'm teaching you and you're and that kind of implies that i hope you don't ever have to fight for your life or i hope you're never in the extreme situation yeah. like that's like i hope you never have to deal with the with the dangerous aggression yeah then people might not 
realize that they're also going to get the skills that will help them deal with the low level and the mid-range violence that really is the most predominant thing they're ever going to have to deal with. And I can't disagree with that, but I can still, I could definitely say, I don't want you to leave my course. But now I can't wait for you to use this on the next weirdo that talks to you. Like, I don't want that to be the thing that I say either, right? I don't want them to be, I don't want them to think that now that you have this, I cannot wait to hear the story of something horrible happening to you or uncomfortable happening to you. I still don't want that to happen. I just don't. No, I wouldn't want that to happen either. But like way back at the very beginning, you said something about like, I don't want people to go out to be paranoid. And sure. like if you live in a very safe environment and you know there's really not that much danger to you, I don't want you to be paranoid. Yeah. And I think that if you tell them, I hope you never have to use these skills, you kind of imbue these skills with some sort of a mystique. Like they're kind of, ooh, these are these are kind of gnarly. Like you you even mentioned like the dark side, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't I think that you kind of promote that people have a blind spot and I think that you promote the paranoia by only focusing on those sort of ninja skills, the, the lethal save your life skills. Again, my whole debate has not been stressed on that. My debate was saying even in interpersonal communication, I hope you don't run into a weirdo creeper. So you have anything on that side of it? Cause you keep pinning me in this physical hole that yeah. I have, I've never been in. So, well, I think it's really nice to say, I hope that you never run into them. The fact is that you are, you are always going to run into them. So it's kind of a disingenuous to say, I hope that you never have to use these skills because reality is we're encountering assholes, jerks, and difficult people day in, day out. There are threats all around. It doesn't mean that we're paranoid. It just means that that's life. And so we do want people to have these things in their consciousness. We want them to be sort of running in the background as software all the time because that's what's going to keep them safe 24-7 as opposed to thinking that what you're really looking for are like the extreme, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the extreme people and the extreme scenarios. I think the word hope is where my crux in this argument is. Hope is not a de- dedication of fact. Hope is not saying these things don't happen. Me saying, I hope this doesn't happen to you is hope. I hope you don't die, you're gonna die. Hope doesn't mean fact. By me saying, I hope you don't have to use this, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, okay, now this stuff doesn't happen. It's hope. I, I don't, the, the, the premise isn't, you will never have to use this. The premise is, gee, I hope you don't have to. Hope. Yeah. Hope springs eternal, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. So we're the uh, debate is over. We're at 20 minutes. So excellent. That was super fun. I had a very, very good time. Uh, so listeners, we have a, sec- a segment called Final Thoughts. So Cynthia and I are going to come back together on this. This was a great debate. There's a lot of really, really good points that were coming up. And we're going to talk about the, what we actually feel on this on the other side. So most of what I feel. I think she's on this is how she feels. But on my side, and I don't want to pitch it. Maybe it's not. But this is, uh, I want to put my stuff in this because as I said at the beginning of the show, I have to debate my side of this but when you pitch this topic to me you really changed my thought process on this which is one of my favorite parts of the show is oh that's a very good point so cynthia before we head over oh. final thoughts and for listeners final thoughts are only exist on my patreon on the five dollar usd level so if you want final thoughts every single episode of the show has a final thoughts and it's on my patreon cynthia why don't you tell everybody where they get a hold of you well, the first place is the Born to Be a Badass podcast, and you can find that pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Good. Uh, my, yep, my website is actually shifting. It used to be CynthiaJoliker.com. Now it is CynthiaJoliker.com because I got married and I oh, offended yeah. him. 
Uh, <laughs> well, maybe not yay on the offense, but good to know. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And then I'm I'm on social media on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, either by my name or by Born to Be a Badass. So awesome. All those places. Cool. Well, oh, on Facebook too. On Facebook. Sorry, I forgot about the Facebook part. Um, I have a Facebook page that is Cynthia Joliker, Personal Power and Courage Coach. Awesome. So I highly recommend you look at Cynthia's work. She wouldn't be on the show, but I didn't think she was awesome. That's why she's here. This was a very great episode. And again, if you want more on this topic, uh, the final thoughts are always there on Patreon. Uh, Randy King. Uh, Patreon.com slash Randy King Live. We'll talk to you all soon.